0: The Spin Off Podcast Network.
1: Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix Podcast. Tune in today.
0: Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment?
2: Before we get started, a quick public service announcement from your friends at Dietary Requirements. We need your support to continue doing what we do, so we've launched a brand new initiative called The Spin-Off Members. This will support the hiring of more journalists, facilitate the most important and hard-to-fund journalism, and allow you to help us decide the areas of coverage. For more info and to become a member, visit thespinoff.co.nz forward slash members. Yes. Tia Katoa, welcome to Dietary Requirements, the spin-offs food podcast where we eat and drink delicious things. Try not to chew into the microphone and talk to interesting people about food. Coor Simon Day Toko Ingawa and I am your host today in the studio with me is the spin-offs food editor Alice Neville, Kiota, food boss Sophie Gilmore,
1: Kiota Simon,
2: and Samuel Flynn Scott, food writer and musician. ora, how's it going? Did you like the order that I put those in? I did, it was great Food which, writer first and foremost Yeah, are you more of a food writer at the moment? No <laughs> which More makes of a
0: musician Which
3: makes wise? you more money? No. Uh, being a musician Does you, it? You must be broke well,
0: He's quite, <laughs> quite.
3: <laughs> I write like an article for the spin-off every three weeks or something If I was making more off that than my, you know, 70 hours
2: a week I'd spend making music I'd be in big trouble
3: Yeah, so with the spin <laughs> Yeah, it so
1: would be, be time to quit your day job Yeah
2: and some special news before we uh, get into the podcast properly. Last week, at the New Zealand Food Media Awards, Dietary Requirements was awarded the best food broadcast, and we're very flattered, Ooh. humbled, and stoked.
1: Woo-hoo. We yeah, were also surprised. I mean, I, I might be speaking for was, myself, I was, but I was, I, was, I was surprised. I'm stoked.
2: Well, I just don't know of many food bo- broadcasts. So. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah the competition maybe wasn't there. Huh. So I
2: know of Honeycomb, which is a really cool uh, food podcast out of Wellington. Wellington. Yeah, listen um, to that one. And uh, Kate Underwood, who was a, a nominee for the best food podcast, that was based on her appearing on on that. So I just I think we're the, the best of not many, you know.
1: Yeah, right. We'll take it. We'll take Do you it. know what I think though is that the New Zealand Food Media Awards were um, quite a big deal. I hadn't realised the judging process was. Very robust. I was run through it by one of the judges. They I had, they had to listen to like all of our podcasts, and then provide feedback. And then you know that's it
2: was why our listenership is up twenty five percent. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> some of the judges. Anyway, now, I it was entered cool. like three,
0: three of them I think,
2: and okay. one too. Alice Neville best, I
0: entered three um, best feature um, writer,
2: best food feature writer. Congratulations,
1: uh, equal, equal, with Nikki Buzant. Shot Nikki. Shot Nikki. Hey, what did you submit for your best food feature? Uh, God, I think
0: I put in three, and they were to be from 2018, which was a long time ago. I think one mm. was the Monique Fiesel piece. Very great profile, one was the very great show. Karina and Casey story. That was my first story for the spin off. Oh, I remember we even that. Had a food section. And then I think I entered a story I'd done for Life and Leisure magazine about the Hauraki Salt
1: Man. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone should jump on and read them, because Alice was the winner.
2: We wouldn't wouldn't have won Best Food Broadcast, and we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for our wonderful sponsors, Freedom Farms. Freedom Farms believes that everyone who eats meat has a responsibility to know how that animal has been raised, and they're dedicated to providing you with the best pork and free-range eggs. Buy their bacon and buy their eggs, and if they're not in the supermarket, ask the supermarket to get them. So last month, Alice and I spent a lot of time in the capital at uh, Visa Wellington on a Plate, the city's annual food festival. I was super impressed.
0: Yes, I was impressed. It's my hometown, so, you
1: know.
2: But I'd never been to Wellington on a Plate before. Yeah, Yeah, it's a cool Um, event. It was the first time they'd done it for an entire month.
1: It's absolutely hectic, isn't
2: it? It's really full on, and the range of um, stuff that they do, whether it's like a... A scone making session all the way up to the um, amazing international chef collaborations that they do was was quite impressive. Mm -hmm. And I love the way that the city gets into it and all the restaurants get into it as well.
1: It's it's wicked, and people have got so into it that it started to have like they need to bring constraints into it to stop people going around trying to eat fifty burgers in two weeks by sharing one between four. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So in memory of two thousand and nineteen Wellington on a plate, (laughs) that's definitely fair. In memory of Wellington on a plate, we are speaking about Wellington's food scene this episode, and that's why we've enlisted one of Wellington's favourite sons, Samuel. (laughs) Uh, thank you for joining us and thank you Wellington for having me. I had a very good time uh, in August.
1: Yes, kia ora, Wellington. I'd actually quite like to move to Wellington for the entire month and just eat. hang out and eat. Yeah. I'd do be so down year. for
2: that. I think we actually should do that next Yeah, year. we
1: might need a sponsor though.
2: I think we'll get Visa, <laughs> Visa to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean Visa, Visa will be interested in that. Are you listening sure. Visa. You've got money. <laughs> They're always listening. I doubt yeah. Visa are listening. <laughs> They're, They're like listening too so, well. So, you're going
2: to yeah. get served things on Facebook now, yeah. Visa ads.
3: I have ads. to say, because I chaired in a uh, talk last year with um, Monique and Morgan McGlone, and uh, it was very, I didn't get paid very much money, but then Visa afterwards were like, thank you so much for doing that, and then gave me this like really fancy bowl, like, sort yes. of $350 Ooh. bit of New Z- handmade New Zealand pottery. And I was like, this is great. Thanks, Visa. Then I kind of thought, mm, could have just
2: paid. <laughs> Hosting <laughs> panels, though, just is even money. less lucrative than writing for the spinoff. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> so It was fun, though. I mean, Monique and Morgan. Good,
0: good duo. Good Janas. Good Did you make it down this year for anything, that, uh, Sam?
3: I was there um, in the midst of it uh, for some gig or Neil something. Neil No, it wasn't for Neil Young. Oh, no, I I DJ'd a Wellington on a Plate event. Oh, that's right. Wasn't it the wine wine rave? Yeah. Yeah. There was one person who complained that I wasn't playing actual rave music. Oh, right. But no one really, I don't think anyone else thought it was an actual rave. Can you just
1: run me through what, in fact, a wine rave is?
3: It just was like a crazy natural wine piss up. And in in about 10 minutes, it started at 8. By like 10 past 8, lots of people were dancing and seemingly drunk.
1: Wow, that's almost yeah. like when you go to those parties where they only have cocktails, you know, like spirits, mm. and everyone's just cool, 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 and then just whoosh. Like, yeah. like the
2: Metro
3: restaurant what, of the year What was. are you
2: spinning at a wine rave? Well, I just play
3: what I always DJ, which is a mix of like 80s bangers and then like African kind of disco and things like that. Sounds sort of idea. 70s African disco and, you know, Turkish funk and things like that. weird thing that happens to musicians when you get uh, – board of music is you just start listening to genres that sound like they're made up. So like, you yeah. know, Filipino psych rock Turkish and things like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Turkish <laughs> funk, you know. Next time someone asks me what sort of music I'm vibing at the moment, I'm going to say Turkish Tur- funk. <laughs> it's like, you I'm know. mainly getting pretty deep into some Turkish funk this month.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, these things, these genres exist and, you know, they just.
1: They deserve airtime too. Yeah. yeah.
3: Good on you. And you just get sick of music that you, I don't know get sick of music. Yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about music. I wrote a story
2: about why I love um, Wellington's food, and it came with a cheeky Mm. headline that suggested that – well, no, it said that Wellington's food scene is the best food city – Wellington is the best food city in the world. Uh, And it worked in terms of uh, inspiring (laughs) a response. Uh, And it was was quite hostile um, from some quarters, which I thought was – Interesting because it showed one, they didn't actually read it where I explained uh why I love Wellington's food scene so much. But two, it is such a um impassioned idea, this thing that a city represents a food scene, and that people are really uh either committed to what they believe is the best or um, what they believe their city is. So what is Wellington's food? What What do we think Welling- is great about Wellington's food and what is special and different about it?
3: Well, a bit of a throwaway quote of mine sort of became like the centre of a bit of a rebuff, rebuttal um, think piece in the spin-off after that, so I'm going to be careful about what I say today. But um, I think that Wellington's – it's really one of those cities that it, it, we love going out because the weather is shit and – um, we just like being in restaurants and um, having something to feel proud about. And just I, shelter. Just <laughs> shelter, yeah. But, you know, and also just like we can do something good despite, you know, the fact that it's a bit windy and rainy or whatever. Um, and it did really explode, I think, before other New Zealand cities and when New Zealand had no cuisine at all. So you had people like Peter Gordon, you know, the first sugar club was in Wellington. This tiny little place, really, it was a really cool dining room. Um, and you, you know, Martin Bosley and and so a few chefs. And then, um, oh, who? So Calder, she learned from that woman who was in uh, Lois Deich. Lois Deich, yeah. So Lois was a great. Yeah, she's she, a legend. She, amazing food. I thought they like Brooklyn Deli or somewhere was it or Brooklyn Mount Bar Cook and Grill Cafe? Oh, Mount oh, Cook Cafe as places. well. Yeah, Mount Cook Cafe. I remember that when I was really young, going there and getting yeah. the huge burger when. You know, I don't know. It was just there was good food in Wellington when there was no food seen in New Zealand. And so I think it's ebbed and flowed and sometimes Auckland feels like there's way more going on in Auckland and it, and it sort of, as as there should be, it's a much bigger city. But then Wellington gets a bit um, miffed and then we try to really push...
2: Push ourselves and whether it's coffee or then beer or bread, or you know, that was something that people really got stuck into me about. Was one thing I really love about Wellington is these two places that I go to get toast. Oh, yeah, and well, customs, customs, Customs and where customs gets their bread from, which is um, Wellington Sourdough. They've got a um, cafe called Starter, Uh, and I was criticized for writing about. uh, for, be, for having written about a beautiful food scene and referencing toast. But it's such beautiful bread and the way they treat it is with utmost respect. And is there anything more Kiwi than toast? Like,
1: I don't understand that at all. I think toast really deserves its, um, its moment. Yeah. I
2: agree. And I think
0: for Wellington is all about cafes for me. And it's always been had a good cafe scene long before mm. Auckland did. And when I moved up to Auckland... Like two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, having worked in cafes down there and it's been kind of my life, I was bereft. It was shit up here. And you've yeah. been, so I think it's caught up now, but
2: I still think yeah. It's amazing. The, it's amazing now. Is about being seen though as well. Like yeah. Some of it's just so yeah. Like,
0: I moved up here and worked at Bambina in like the mid two thousands, and that was. There was Bambi. Very interesting. There was Benediction Wellington.
1: and yeah. Desengoff, and, and, and that was probably there was one called Strawberry Alarm Clock and which <laughs> oh. I don't remember being quite famous at the Great.
3: time. Great. Uh, was one of the first big good ones.
0: Fucking cups, I reckon. Yeah, Desengoff's always been quite good.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's got something to do with the geography of Wellington as well. Like you can literally walk yeah it everywhere. Definitely does.
2: What mm. do you call that quarter? The, that lower cubist or. Middle Cuba Street. Uh, they, what, well, what, if you're talking about sort of, you
3: know, Willis Street, Cuba Street, um, Torrey Street, all the way to, from Mount Vic basically to the Outer Valley, then it's Tiago. Yeah. So it's just no a lot of different like, suburbs.
0: Oh, heading into Tiago today, you know? No, no. There's different areas.
3: You go, to, yeah, you go into Cuba Street, Cuba or you go to. Yeah. but that sort
2: of big block of restaurants where you've got. Those alleyways. Well, it's quite new. It's quite new. Because yeah. Yeah. that that is so Danans much Laneway. fun to just stumble around and go in anywhere and yeah, it's good. Oh, yeah you've anywhere. got you've got no,
3: Fixin' and Fog, you've got the Chocolate Company, you've got the Lead Street Bakery, you've got Shepherd Goldings, Goldings, you've got Pizza uh, Pomodoro, which was the first one in that zone. Yeah, it's a good I don't time know. to
1: talk about Wellington hipsters, isn't it? Those laneways, absolutely full of them.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, and that hipster <laughs> thing is something that I think before the term hipster existed, Wellington was. full of people with that kind of attitude of like I want to have the best thing I want to travel to San Francisco and have this thing that's the best thing and then bring it back to Wellington and do my own version Yeah, and Um, I think that's
1: cool that Wellingtonians are perhaps more parochial than Aucklanders like they really want to contribute to their own scene and the people that I know that are really um, good at what they do in hospitality down there um, are very proud Wellingtonians and intentionally contributing to that community yeah, and it gets mm. a bit
0: tedious when you're a Wellingtonian who's left because some some of them are just like would not hear a word against the place. God, mm. like
3: the well, weather's
0: not bad. And it's like you've got to admit the weather's bad. Like it's a great city. They were like, no.
3: Yeah, but let's be honest. The last thirty-one days in Auckland, there's been twenty-nine days of yeah. rain. Yeah. I, I mean, thought it was all thirty-one. Never... It rained every day in August. Oh, I read something that said twenty-nine yeah, out of thirty-one, but it was a lot of, of, it's really a lot of my rain. Mind. It's been so wet, and it does. It's, Wellington winters are actually nicer than Auckland winters they're colder, but they're like crisp and clear. And no,
0: it's just fucking windy, man. And like horizontal. <laughs> no, rain. springs when all the wind oh, starts. Look, I lived there for eighteen years. What I
2: also well, think Wellington does. For <laughs> 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 right. What I also think Wellington does really well is collaborate within its community. And yes, there are some rivalries, and I heard some really good stories that are unshareable. But mm-hmm. um, there seems to be this. Desire to work together across different places within different sectors of the hospitality industry and that really helps elevate the entire scene to a sum that is greater than its parts.
0: I think it's so small and everyone's friends and it's just a nice little vibe, if you will.
1: It kind of feels like a good incubator in the sense that um, I guess people say the New Zealand market full stop is a really good test market. If you can make it here you can Mm -hmm. probably make it anywhere. Like you go to a food mecca like New York or London, and it's 80% rubbish and 20% amazing.
3: How do you reckon?
1: Oh, I just, like, the, the absolute... Like mediocrity and how it thrives in London and stuff just drives me wild. Like this New York. is where,
2: where Starbucks and Pret a Manger can true, thrive. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's like, true. Yeah.
1: Pret. Franchise of any kind that doesn't even seem to need to be good. Well, go- whereas I think in Wellington and in Auckland as well, the the strong ones are surviving because we just don't have the population, and obviously that's got a whole lot of problems that are associated with it as well. Um. And I'm a massive advocate for limiting licenses on just constantly opening cafes and restaurants. Yeah, but I think that the result of that is that the the base level has been lifted, and only the strong ones do survive.
3: Which well, and this is something that um, I think it was uh, David Chang and thing Redzepi. I think it was those two. I can't remember who it was. Someone talking to David Chang talking about how at the moment diners have. The, have it the best they've, they yeah. ever have had in the world and it really goes for Wellington like oh, yeah. you know you can go to um, uh, what's it called Calder's Place um, Rita Rita sorry yeah I had the address in my head but I couldn't remember the name of the restaurant <laughs> um, and so you go to Rita and you know it's what 60 five dollars or something for the yeah. three courses and Pretty it's it's incredibly I don't know the night I went it was just incredibly good food and I got all the additions and stuff and it cost heaps more and <laughs> bought nice wine but still I think that for for what you're getting this tiny restaurant where you've got so many chefs just making sure that everything is perfect and all the food is all the ingredients is absolutely the best and sourced locally and I I don't know how they can survive. And there are so many, there's just so many restaurants in Wellington. It's crazy. I I mean, there was that article recently in um, the Dominion Post by David Burton, which was pretty uh, intense. It's grim.
1: And I think that maybe it's, it's the redefinition of success, right? Because, yes, you need profit. That's kind of oxygen to keep you afloat. But those people that are doing all the things that you just said and still charging that price... I can tell you right now, they're not making money. Yeah, you know, so they're doing it because they love it. They're doing well, I guess it because Paul they've got passionate Like Paul and Calder have the
3: cookbook teams. as well, and yeah, and they you know, had to go that,
1: find other revenue streams, and yeah. they probably they've probably really
0: had a to, bomb from selling Nico.
3: They knows? probably, they, I sure hope so, because yeah. that place was exceptional yeah. for such a long time. I, 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 I used to say the best re- fine dining in New Zealand is when mm. you get lunch at Nico because mm. the food was that good. You'd get a bowl of. You know, chicken soup with ricotta dumplings, and ah, it would just be so more good. delicious than anything you'd get I in any restaurant. Yeah.
2: Alice yeah. is drinking water, listeners. This is crazy. I know.
0: Um, shall we pop one, we one of our beer? Wellington beers? Well,
2: we, we've got a, a vast array of Wellington beers because it's, it's something the city's famous for. We've just—it's so going to be a
3: six-hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're probably <laughs> so pro- pro- pretty that. quick drinkers.
2: We're, we've just had a Kuro, which yeah.
0: is—it's a Japanese black and. A Japanese inspired black lager from Garage Project. It's one of the ones they've just released as part of Wellington on a Plate, as part of Burger Wellington. I don't know much about it. I just bought it. Well, from I really Garage liked it because it
2: was, it was as rich as a Guinness without feeling like a meal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was really
0: refreshing.
3: Must I could have have been so I think Guinness
2: is, in fact, a black lager. Oh, yeah. wow.
3: Yeah. By definition.
0: It must have been too go with a certain burger, I'll
1: Google it
3: and see. Well, I, I think, I think they make the beers and then you design the burgers oh, to go with them.
1: It became, um, I actually became a fan of Guinness, which surprised me when I was in Ireland. Oh,
3: it's so good. It's
1: there really, it's, its if you couldn't see it and you were just drinking it, it could be lager almost over there. Like, it's not weighty and heavy and it's not the things that we mm. think it is. It's kind of got, they've got all these really particular rules about how you pull it, but... You know, it's so aerated that it just... Yeah. Yeah, it was so delicious.
2: What are we drinking next, Alice?
0: Uh, well, should we try the fresh September, fresh off the uh, bloody whatever you brew beer with, which I know because I have brewed beer, before? Brewed beer let's, before. Let's do it. Is that the one in the Fermenter. flagoon? Yes, the one in the flagoon, as you called it. Or growler, if you will. Where did you get it? Garage Project on uh, Tap Room in Kingsland. Oh, nice. Uh, so they've... Been doing a different fresh IPA every month. For
1: can you run me through what fresh means
0: in that context? Well, it's quite confusing as it often <laughs> is, but yeah. it's a hazy, unfiltered beer. I think which, it, as is the trend.
3: I think in this context, it means they want people to drink it fresh. Yeah, they make it quite quickly, and they don't want it to hang around. And it does change, they tend to change quite a lot through the month. If they've got a bit of hot burn, which, you know, they're so hoppy, they sometimes can, they tend to chill out by the end of the month.
0: Yeah.
2: What is hot burn? Is that my heartburn after having a beer that's too hoppy?
3: Well, it feels a little bit like that. So if you ever drink a really, you get it a lot, um, especially I find with like newer breweries where they just make a crazy hoppy beer and you have a sip and it just. Slightly burns your sort of where your tonsils are. It just kind of feels like a little burning sensation. So let's see if this one has hot it's burn. Let's go. judge it right so now. So
1: this is the natural wine of beer, is that what we're saying? Well, oh, no, a natural wine of beer no. would be
3: wild, ferment yeah. beers.
1: Okay. Why so is it like a, cloudy then? Well, it's
0: unfiltered and it's a sort of style at the moment to make hazy they use
3: They use a special strain of yeast which came out of the east coast of the States, which um, stays suspended yeah. It doesn't um
2: what suspended.
3: So doesn't float to the bottom. It doesn't float to the bottom. So the yeast is just staying through the whole beer as opposed this to the This one it all actually
0: is using beer from a new company called Froth Technologies, which is New Zealand's first beer la- uh beer yeast lab that's just been crowdfunding on trade on a uh, trade me. What is it? Pledge me. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. Tastes and good. They, this is one of the first beers that use this yeast developed by these guys in Wellington.
2: So and that's again what I think is so cool in about Wellington, Wellington, of course. Yeah, is that you know I used to drink beer like I drank wine, and I'd be looking for whatever was eighteen dollars down to twelve, and now I'm much more interested in having six less beers. And having six better beers because of that, and five you don't ever th-
3: want to just get a dozen flames. <laughs> no. yes. I
1: still, I would not put that past Simon <laughs> Day.
2: I, I flames depends have what's a, on special. Have a soft, I have a soft spot for flames, but I've got a soft a bad spot bad for memories. flames too,
3: which is actually a lesion in my stomach. From drinking, it's a direct result of drinking. A in your- hole in my brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yours is from <laughs> can double can brown and Dunedin. No flame in Dunedin as well. Five point nine percent. But Wellington has mm. shown me it's that yeah, it's good. Yeah. beverage Doocy. can be better than you know. And I've, I've really enjoyed learning heaps about beer and testing my limits with beer.
1: I think the subject matter of this podcast, the title, should be a love letter to Wellington from Simon
0: Day. I think it, if, mm. I, He's I, really put, if I put, put out, got the horn. I'd love get attacked to, again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be quite funny, but maybe not for
2: you. No, that actually didn't bother me. No. It's like losers on Twitter, so it's fine.
3: I don't want to know why anyone would care. It's obviously just like an angle, and you know, like people are very
0: het up about it,
2: weirdly. But mm. I think I think that shows the, why it's it's so important.
3: Well, like, people are so passionate about the food that they like, right? If they've got a thing that they think is the best thing, then they just think, even though I haven't tried anything else, this must be the best thing, yeah. Because it, you know, does that just fills my heart. And it's the same with like the music from when you're fifteen or whatever. Yeah, you think that nothing else could possibly be as good.
1: Um, Sam, what are things that you can get in Wellington that you can't get in Auckland?
3: Well, I used to think it was Malaysian food, but I've been oh. so, on such a journey to find Malaysian food in Auckland and I keep finding really good stuff. Yeah, so.
1: there's a lot of good Malaysian.
3: But I think Wellington, it's like, it's so much more in your face. You know, you go down Gusney Street and there's like Malaysian place, Malaysian place, Malaysian place. So I think that... And it's uh, there is a certain there are really authentic places in Wellington that are f- fantastic, mm. but there are also places which do a specific Wellington type of Malaysian. And I've written about this for the spinoff as well. And I th- I think that's that's really a specific Wellington cuisine, which is a, a you know just a rody rody chennai, which we spell with an H and call it chennai for some reason. <laughs> and uh, and the the curry is just a bit more it's just milder and. It's just a bit more plain. Do you think it's been adapted? I think it's been adapted for students, and they used to be like $4. Uh, when I was at university, it was like $4 for two pieces of roti bread and a bowl of chicken Yum. curry. Yum. With the big chunks of agria potatoes, and they're soaking up mm. all the juices. And I, I don't know. I think that's a particular Wellington thing. Yeah. There are things in Wellington that you can get which are from other cities which um, you can't get around New Zealand just because we've got those – hipster types who want to bring things back. And I think Customs Toast is a big example of that because yeah. it really comes from the San Francisco crazy toast and coconut water movement. I shouldn't say crazy, but the just this unique uh, thing. And there's a whole backstory about the Cinnamon Toast um, mm. movement in San Fran, which is actually a beautiful story about this woman coping with her own uh, mental illness through opening this cafe that just sold cinnamon toast oh, and coconut water. Nice. Yeah. And it's... uh the
0: coconut water part.
2: But this is really... Another great. thing that I think Wellington does uh, that no one else does really well is Pomodoro's Pizza and Goldings. Like the it's beer and combo. pizza yeah. and just Yeah.
3: Like Again, that's quite a San Francisco thing being mm. like, this is a bar, we don't do awesome food, but you can go get the good food from somewhere else and bring it yeah. here.
2: You don't even have to go there anymore. It comes just to the bar. It, yeah. like it's, it's so good.
1: Yeah, I yeah. liked that when you could do that at Mayor Culpa and... Rencon. Yeah, Rencon mm. on Ponsonby Road. And that was hugely popular. Yeah. It just means both places are twice as busy. Yeah, it
0: works for everyone. Yeah.
3: It, does, it's a, it is a really good idea. But right. there's, a, there's a whole lot of sort of the casual sort of someone throwing something together and making things work element to Wellington Bars. And I also think to to Christchurch Bars and to Bars and it in Auckland, you don't get that so much because things need so much more investment here because mm-hmm. you need to uh, sign on to these long leases and get, you know, investment in the fit-out so that you sort of fit in with everything else.
2: You end know, up with fucking places that look like fake libraries in the, in the place of Golden Dawn. There, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's actually
1: R. just – Auckland's just pretty terrible on bars. I know there's not loads of them in Wellington, but the ones that there are, I think, are better than what so we have much here. So yeah, I think that's something. Well, and they, does they,
2: there's a very strong cocktail scene in Wellington yes, as well. Yes, there is.
0: Havana. I wrote a story about that
2: once. I had one of the coolest nights of my life at Havana during um, so Cuba Dupa Festival. Mm. Um, I was just happened to be in there uh, as this band that had come over from New Orleans arrived oh, to just yeah. to get bears cool. and have a, you know, enjoy mm. their night. And a guy just pulls a trombone out from behind the bar. They just must have been, you know, where the glasses are, hands it to this black guy and goes, join the band. And suddenly this guy from New Orleans had been handed a trombone. and So the were,
3: bartender knew he was the trombone player. He d- had some vibe on it or something.
2: Uh, he must have seen it or he must have just racially profiled him. And
1: <laughs> I feel like they had a conversation.
2: <laughs> and, but he just handed him a trombone and he walked into the band. and That's
3: very Havana cool. bar. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the sort of story that kind of annoys people, I think, in Auckland. They're just like, oh, pathetic, disgusting, Wellington kind of groovy (laughs) vibes.
0: Oh, I got so much hate when I moved up to Auckland from Wellington. I mean, there was one major problem in that. I had dreadlocks, so I was deserved (laughs) to be roasted. In case
2: none of you have ever met Alice, uh, she shouldn't be wearing dreadlocks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a different time. She's slight and blonde, That would have been a strong look.
2: I wasn't
0: blonde back then.
2: You would have looked like that... um, that guy in the uh, Bomb Funk MC's video clip? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah, kind
0: of did. kind of
3: did. What a time. To be fair. And
2: anyway. which is another thing that I really love about Wellington on a Plate. We talked about how hard it is to survive um, in cities in New Zealand because it's such a small population. There's so many good things happening. And the festival was born 11 years yeah, ago? Yeah, I think so. Out of a desire to increase the patronage um, for these restaurants during the literally coldest darkest uh, period of the year uh, August
1: it's absolutely genius
2: well now it's the busiest time the of the year the second busiest time of yeah. year after yeah, December but still so many
3: people that whinge and moan about it that you know last year there was so much grief about the burger yeah. thing taking over from the meal thing and so they've Put them at different times now, but other people are saying, "Well, it was actually much better when the burger thing was happening because people actually really only care about the burger thing, and it created so much." So more I spoke to a couple media. of
2: chefs while I was down there uh, during the month, and they they loved the format from this year. That's, right. That sold sort of two hundred percent more of the dine dishes yep. of the special dishes that they were during during the first two weeks, and there was like it allowed anticipation to build for the burger half as well. Yeah. Um. And I just think there's that, that really organic local support of um, Wellington on a plate, where there is this reason now to get out and try something exciting. That yeah, I was trying
1: on. to figure it out. I listened to the uh, Honeycomb podcast, and he was interviewing the founder of Wellington on a plate, and Sarah. I was I was thinking, what is the? I wonder what the critical mass is that they've achieved. Like they've made enough people give a shit about it that it's a vibe.
2: It's definitely a vibe. It's almost it overwhelms them like totally. some restaurants. Mm. But we the do
1: well out. in Auckland with the Writers Festival and the Film Festivals. Well, why can't we do like we had Restaurant Month up here? I think it was simultaneous to Wellington on a plate, and I just it's, felt like
3: it was so lackluster. Just People's well, I don't, don't know. Care. I don't it's know if it was good or not, but there was just no buzz. It, There's no visibility no it's on. About.
0: It's quite different down there, I think, in Wellington, where everyone knows it. Even the people, and there's always people in Wellington who are like, oh, yeah, no, Wellington on a plate is shit. I'm not going to anything. I was going to say, my
1: my personal favourite Wellingtonian is
3: the one that hates Wellington on a plate. Well, they're the the same people that hate the Sevens
1: and hate hate
3: World of Wearable Arts, and I might be one of those people. They don't know how lucky they are. But anything that happens now that's popular, people are like, like uh, Beervana, people are like, oh, people, oh yeah. it's just sevens for beer. Or oh, yeah, it's my just friends use even beer. with a
0: free ticket
3: to come to Beervana down there. Beervana <laughs> is so <laughs> far. It's so fucking far.
1: It must be exhausting being so... Um, cool. Hating on things. Yeah, being so cool all the
3: time. Yeah. It's very Wellington. It's, very, it's very Wellington.
0: It's just normal to them. Yeah.
3: Mm. But there are always people, there are always chefs that just really knock, you know, just knock it out of the park and do yeah. something totally amazing yeah. and... If you don't go, you feel like an idiot. Because and it's really ambitious really as well. I've it's like it's to. super
2: mm. ambitious. The the chefs that they get in from overseas, like oh, the lineup this, year was, this incredible. year was nuts, yeah. I got to I, I was fed by Nancy Silverton, and then uh, got to show her around the Harbourside Farmers Market. So, I so envious of, of that. Yeah, a, that's Simon. insane. I had food dreams uh, completed, and the food was so mm, good. Yeah, mm. you can read about it on the thespinoff.co.nz. That's actually. Going to retrospectively force me to file the fucking story. Yeah, I was like, hold on, I haven't
0: seen that Um story. So
2: it's going to have to come out before this podcast is released, which mm. is inspiring.
0: I think I've done that, tried to do that before on this podcast to make myself write something. I like, read There's about like, it and then I never still I, read like it. I keep
3: on almost mentioning things that I'm currently writing about for spin off, and can. then th- and I think, oh no, I'm not
2: going to mention you it because it, it might it's take it's me ages. <laughs> <Yeah>, I <I'm> think <laughs> <hoping laughs> Alice has forgotten about that.
0: It's a good idea to because then you'll do it. No, you but and the way
2: that she worked with Shepard, Elliot, and The sort of knowledge that was shared and it's so beautiful seeing these chefs work together in these restaurants, engage um, with this team that's coming from overseas. It was just, it was so cool. Sheppard seems to
3: be the person that they pair with everyone. He just seems to be so busy doing Yeah, yeah. So they did Eduardo
2: Jordan at um, Bulkett Street Bistro as well. Is that the current pronunciation? Bulcott. Um, and he bumped into Nancy vocal. and invited her to his thing. And he went out fishing with, who's the head chef of the bistro? Rex
0: Morgan. Rex.
2: And they went on a bender. And it was just it was just a beautiful um, collaborative moment. That's goals, people. eh? Like, Being
1: paid to fly around the world, meet other people that love what you love, yeah. and um, have a bender with them. Oh,
3: no, and the chef, chefs have, like... They have the most stressful lifestyle, but they also feed each other and just, you know, it's great when you go to a restaurant with a chef and get, you know, get Send all the free all the stuff family, that the yeah. chef's getting. 100%. Hey, guys, speaking of Shepherd, um, these cookies that I've brought in are from oh, yeah. a bakery that uh, he, I think he maybe is sold out of, but it was him and his brother, Jesse, started this how place. How
1: they come, how come they're in Auckland? They fly
3: new... them up. Really? Um,
1: how often?
3: Uh, I don't know.
1: So they sell them at Red, what is
0: it, Red
3: Rabbit? and Parnell, oh, and yeah. Parnell. Red Rabbit and Parnell. That's a great Leeds Street Bakery. Street Bakery.
0: Um, yeah, which is right next right to Goldings. next to Goldings and, and that's
3: sort of like Axis of Evil.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So,
3: Tina wants, Tina some, wants cookie. some
2: cookie. Can you catch Tina?
0: Do you want some beer, Tina? Just give it a go. This one just doesn't even taste like beer.
1: It tastes like juice. It's, it's delicious. delicious wow, yeah, that, that cookie's a good time. So, mm, so everything
2: I'm... that Nancy made that night at Shepherd was Yum. incredible, but perhaps the most mind blowing thing was they took loaves of sourdough from Leeds Street Bakery, mm-hmm. sliced it in, in huge thick slices, and just buried it in garlic infused olive oil, just soaked it in it. Yeah. And then pulled it out of the olive oil and then fried it on the grill to kind of trapped the oil yeah, in there mm-hmm. and then as you um, as you bit into it or squished it it just ran everywhere and it was so delicious it's
1: mm, yeah fried bread
3: that sounds just I want to eat that right now yeah
1: same
3: what are the two kinds yeah so I love these and they have them at um, People's Coffee in Newtown which is you know one of my local mm. walking the kids hipster to school to joints. hipster joints yeah but I've been, going, I've been going there for like 15 years or something mm. Um, and it's always been cool, and it still seems like it's brand new and cool. These are This, this is the gluten free version. Oh. And I think the gluten free version is potentially better than wow. the wheat free version. Wow. Haven't it's tried soft. It yet. It's like corn. It's sort of like got this cornmeal sort of taste.
1: So when you say they fly them up, is that on a weekly basis or like twice a week?
3: they're
2: at least twice just a week. A week.
1: Hmm? I love
3: that. That's a good gluten free cookie, right?
0: I'm yet to try try, try it. Hold There's on. a certain
3: very cool um, Auckland bakery which does some things extremely well and some things gross, yep. and they do a gluten-free cookie, and it's disgusting. Oh, really? It's, oh, like, no. disgusting.
1: I went there today and had a delicious ham and cheese croissant. I'm talking about the right oh. place. Mm.
3: Yeah, but you, you surely are because the ham and cheese good, croissant is fantastic. Although
1: it's not warmed up. It's not an option that's offered to you. It's weird. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's I think good, I
1: prefer the non-gluten-free, I'm yeah, honest.
2: I prefer the gluten-free. It's, like, chewier but and squishier. It's and pretty
1: good. It's more like cake, which is mm, often the case with more powdery.
0: But then. I like the chewy the mm. chewiness of the non-GF.
2: Yum. It's definitely like if you got the
3: gluten-free cookie and no one told you it was gluten-free, oh, yeah. you'd just be like, Mm, yummy cookie. Totally. It's
0: totally. not the case for a lot of okay. GF. It things. goes
2: really well with the beer as it well. It does.
0: Do you guys want to top up or do you want to try something else? Or? Can we try the Turbine?
2: Like we try it's, something it's, else? It's you can inspired put the seal back by on Wellington's uh, wind farm, so... Yeah, I
0: think it's just going to be, like, a parallel that might not blow our mind, but there's nothing wrong with a simple parallel. What's,
1: oh, Turbine, it's Garage Project as well. Are these all Garage projects? No, we have
2: some some Tuatara.
0: And some Tuatara.
2: Have you finished that story Alice?
0: Um, what was my story? On
2: Tuatara? The Tuatara story.
0: Oh, yeah, fuck. Working on it.
2: Is this a heavy story?
0: No, it's, um...
2: It's the story that was due months that ago.
0: I flew down to Wellington with Tuarata in like May, and I still haven't written the story. I'm really Why? sorry. I'm sto- sure. I just—I just, don't know. I'm lazy. No, also, their beer do. is a
3: bit uninspiring these days. Well, actually, it's it got- used to be so good.
0: It's got better in recent months, and we should actually try that hazy, because it's pretty good.
3: That's true. Yeah, because
0: something about being,
1: a new being pregnant that makes you like sweet things more. I think it's because my body's in shock that there's no wine. I've really it's found that place, oh my as God. well.
2: During Millie's pregnancies, I've, I've craved a, a lot of more sweet things.
1: <laughs> You're like David, yes. All, <laughs> all the you.
2: I made a uh, ice cream sundae the other day with oh, Hokey really? yeah. Pokey mm-hmm. I love uh, ice cream. toasted almonds I like and, things, and, and yeah, Reese's... Yeah. Uh, chocolate sauce, the one that goes hard Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, great, I love that um, sort of sauce It was very nostalgic Sounds
3: good You can make that sauce just by melting chocolate and adding coconut um, oil Sounds like
1: too much And that makes it harden?
3: That makes it stay soft at room temperature Oh. So you just melt it in a you know, Mm bain-marie add, um, apparently doesn't really matter how much cocoa oil you add, don't add too much maybe like half the amount of chocolate yeah. And then that will keep it soft at room temperature and runny, hopefully, and then you, when you pour it on ice cream, it instantly hardens because it's not keeping it runny enough. Okay. It won't be hard when it's cold. Mm. that's how you make you choc-tops.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, top. that's a, we're not even in the tip section mm. of the podcast. Right, well, Lucky right. readers. Shall we segue into Listeners. the tip section now, or are you, is that... Plan for
0: later,
2: Simon? I think I'm ready. I okay. think I'm ready to move in. I'd move, like to then. just
1: quickly pause on something before we move to that. Um, mm. Simon, I think you had a revelation with Nancy Silverton when you were in Wellington.
2: Should we go mm. there now? I was going to use that as a sign-off, but we can go there now. <laughs> seeing, as I'm just keen to go now. there. So Sophie, Alice and I have an um, ongoing dispute. But it's
0: like us and the world versus you, basically.
1: Yeah, so that's I, more
2: accurate. I believe Fresh Pasta is, I believed... Thank you. That fresh pasta was always superior to dried pasta. That dried pasta was the sort of
1: poor cousin,
2: exactly of of freshly made pasta. Um, and then I I spoke to Nancy about it. She cooked me two pasta dishes with um, dried pasta that she'd brought over from Italy, and it was they were exquisite. The pasta itself was so delicious. Um, And I talked to her about it, and she uh, sent me this message. Tina, you might have to regulate the sound. We'll see what happens. Okay. Hello, Sophie and Ellis.
1: Just letting you know that Simon was wrong, dead wrong, about dried pasta
2: versus fresh pasta. They're both great. I'm sorry, girls. My bad.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm over the moon. That's great. I mean, I'm not surprised in the slightest.
2: But uh, No. and as, you as, can't you can't argue with her. She's like no.
0: her voice is amazing.
2: She was so cool. So that yeah. was um, just after we'd got back to her hotel after oh, spending oh two gosh. hours at the I farmer's know. market.
0: Right. Smelly now,
2: no, that's my my food crush is always Stefania. Oh yeah. So Nancy was um, safe. <laughs> uh, two hours at the farmers market. You know, in, the, in a one of those Wellington mornings, it was beautifully clear with the most howling gale and it was so cold. She had so much fun and just tears were streaming down her face and snot coming out of her nose the whole time.
1: We'll be there. But cheers to you Wellington.
2: I have to acknowledge I what you guys I was are talking wrong. about.
1: See? He's so I beautiful. I am so happy oh. a that um you were wrong, but I knew that anyway. But mainly I'm happy because um you were right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm very happy that, that I was right, but but that you've been corrected and you've been um, you've tasted the pasta and you've made the decision because I'm also insulted. We did the same exact experiment with Simon in the studio. Mm-hmm. I made him cacio e pepe. He ate it, said it was nice, but he thought it would have been better with fresh pasta. So. It took Nancy to change his mind, but Nancy. we'll take it. Oh,
3: I think certain. Th- I think like anything that involves like a penne should definitely be dried. I mean, who's going to make fresh, fresh penne? penne? What a what a yeah. nightmare! <laughs> um, and I think like spaghetti in general. I think things like a vongole mm-hmm. or you know, With yeah, catch just Absolutely like penne. better because you, you, you want that bite. You want that.
0: And and it tastes rough, good. It tastes delicious.
3: And the on yeah. the
1: outside means that the sauce sticks to it. Yeah. And nice.
3: even hot tip, even just like the La Mollicina from um, Farrow. Faro. That shit is good.
1: I've been buying that. Yeah, it's, they good. A
3: it's good. They do linguine. It's good. They do all the ones and they're all good. They're really good. Uh, another hot tip, go to Wellington. It's half the price at Moore Wilson's. Is it?
0: Is that's, it? That's the one thing that Auckland's missing, isn't
3: it? More Wilsons. We know, could almost do a
1: whole episode on how much Wellingtonians love more Wilsons.
3: I love more Wilson so much. And you know what <laughs> drives me insane? You can go to more Wilsons and you can buy Massimo's mozzarella, but the slightly drier one that comes in a tube, and so you can mm. peel long bits to go on pizza, mm. it's $20 for a kilo. Whoa. Whoa! Yeah. You buy Perfect Italiano mozzarella, which... Is as close to mozzarella as like Colby, yeah. and that's like twenty eight dollars a kilo from Countdown. You go to Faro to buy mozzarella and You're forget bankrupt. about it. Yeah, you, you can't even buy pizza forget appropriate. Forget about it. you it. 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 out
1: of the market. You
3: can't even buy pizza appro- appropriate mozz
1: What? Mm. That's the, the actual fuck. I know. Yeah, well,
3: I—that's a New Zealand brand. I don't Why know. don't they stock it in Auckland? Sorry, i, I keep or interrupting Wilson. everyone.
0: Massimo's, because isn't
3: that Massimo's new is Auckland? in Auckland? You can get that New World. Yeah, you can, yeah, get, you can get the one that's but in water. Me. Yeah, yeah. So the you the little, get the wet one, like but you put team. that on a you put that on a pizza in yeah, a home oven. Right. You're going to have a yeah. s- soup, sort of milky soup. Yeah, it's yeah wet. Right. You need to cook. You got to cook fresh mozzarella. You need a 600 degree wood fired oven and an Italian man making your pizza.
1: Oh, yeah. Ooh, Delicious.
2: Yeah. Or Nancy Silverton. Very, Ooh, very yeah. good pizzas. Yeah. Yes,
1: I went to um, Osteria Mozza last year in LA, and God, like, like you said, everything from the bread and olive oil through to the pasta, and then we shared a pizza. It was just, yeah, I guess it's just the perfect version of that particular dish.
2: She probably makes her own mozzarella.
1: Probably. Mm.
2: Said, that's... That was the inspiration for those restaurants is she went to a mozzarella bar in Umbria where all they did was serve mozzarella with different condiments and she's like, This mm-hmm. is yeah. a dream. And so now that's when when she works at her restaurants, that is where she most likes to be, is putting the plates together for the mozzarella bar where you can sit there and talk mm. to her.
1: Cool. Wicked.
2: Maybe I do need to upgrade Stefania to Nancy. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> What do you guys think of the turbine? It's quite hard going from the fresh to yep. the turbine, but
2: I think the turbine
3: is a welcome addition to the garage project staple of everyday beers.
0: Yeah, I I do too because they, you know, I drink a lot of Happy Days, a lot of Happy Days, and it's good to have another.
3: Well, one to it's the summon. same style as the Happy hmm. Days, but I think it's got a nicer hop
2: base I to agree. me. I could have more of these than the Happy Days. Yeah, it's because Happy Days has got that Rewalker hop. Very diesel-y.
1: This is slightly, like,
0: Don't be anti-riwaka. It's pretty much my tūranga waiwai.
3: Really? I'm Mm -hmm. sorry.
0: What is? Riwaka.
3: I just overdosed. I've just overdosed on that particular pot. Actually, Upper
1: Moteri is where my family's from.
3: Well, it's a great, great part of the country. Newdorf wines.
1: Can you get get the funk on that, though, on the nose? Smells a bit funky to me. Could be the glass. A little bit. Keeping in mind, I have complete... um, What's the pregnancy nose? It's, like, extremely...
3: It's
2: big nose. nose. I think they call it pregnancy pig nose. Pregnancy <laughs> pig nose. <You> should go. <laughs> pregnancy. You should go and try and find some truffles. Oh, my God, oh yes. just yeah. Just like.
0: <laughs> I reckon I'd be all big over big it.
2: Round in a field. Yeah. When's truffle season,
3: guys? Because this, uh, this is, I March, said I wanted I to come on your podcast during truffle season and we'd just make a whole bunch of dishes and Ooh, eat. Good idea. get like $100 worth of truffle and just eat them all oh, yeah, with yeah. The microphones. Can we do March, that? Maybe. You're allowed to come back. I'll fly back in March. I would like e- to go down locked, to North So you're moving back. You're going back, moving, to to going, back. going back to Wellington. I'm going back, I'm going back to Wellington because of the toast. Yeah.
1: Got to get to people's coffee. People's coffee. Where the mozzarella is, is, is 20 lovely. bucks a kilo. Yeah. Should
2: Let us do? talk to Cook's Corner and recommend uh, some tips for our so loyal I mean, I, listeners. I
0: banned saying talk to when you mean talk about something. Oh, sure. Let
2: yeah. us move to Cook's Corner. Yep.
1: Yeah much
3: better.
2: It's a metaphor.
1: Let's begin with our guest. Sam, do you have a tip for us? A cooking tip?
3: I do, and I learned this from a person uh, who makes natural wine memes. Um, <laughs> I don't know real. him personally. It's from his... Uh,
1: what a legend.
3: He sounds uh, like he makes less money than a food writer. <laughs> he does also now make natural wine, so he's gone from making okay. memes and t-shirts to um, wow, actually making wine. Wow, that's ironic. And Delicious. he's got a... Um, uh, Vivulis is his second name. I can't remember his Ooh. first name. Um, Doesn't matter
1: with a name like that. Uh,
3: but he's got a wine podcast as well with Marissa Ross, who's the wine writer for Bon Appetit, and they talk about natural wine. But anyway, he recommended in one of his Instagram stories that you um, reheat pizza cheese down in a um, cold frying pan, bring it up to heat in like a you know nonstick pan or something. I think I've done it in a cast iron as well, and it is so good. Mm. It makes something better than pizza I'm
1: with wow. you that, that might be life changing. just makes everything make sense because to put a whole piece of pizza in the oven to heat it is to treat the cheese the same as the crust and they're just different yeah. they require different things yeah they?
3: you're gonna get a really dry piece of pizza too reheating it in the oven yeah. and reheating it in the microwave obviously weird oh, chewy bread Look, yeah yeah
0: sometimes I do it and sometimes it's fine
3: I think a little bit in the microwave. You just got to really, yeah,
0: but yeah, very. Just take the fridge change off. Yeah, cold, cold pizza's yeah. good. It's, like
3: it's the Rolling than sto- microwave pizza. Yeah, like I Mick Jagger about. said, "I'm a cold Italian pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I could use a lemon squeezer." <laughs> 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 My favorite Rolling Stones lyric of all time, because it's true. That's very true. Yeah, um, but no, heated up, cheese, cheese down. The it, the cheese goes all kind of burny, crispy, like a Ooh. like a parmesan crisp. You or know, like the, bit, be- the bits that.
2: Run out the side of a cheese toasty and so one of those methan- Yeah, you get a whole sheath of that.
1: Yeah, good. That's like the dairy solids, eh? Yeah. It's just the, the fat separate from cause,
3: it. Because the fat's all kind of separated yeah. already, so then the fat becomes the frying medium to turn Ooh. those solids into a crunchy thing. And then the tomato heats up, steams that pizza, steams the base. The yeah. base goes all soft. You flip it over right at the end, and the pan's gotten a bit hotter by that stage. You flip it over. Get a little bit of toast on the bottom, a little bit of toasty crust.
1: Shit. I'm really into that. Ooh. Thank you. Ooh, boy.
3: It's worth buying a Domino's pizza, Yeah. Leaving, letting Five it go cold overnight, for a large as well. and then it's have that
2: for affordable. Sunday brunch. I refuse
0: to pay $5 for do a that whole this pizza. this weekend. Yeah, it does
1: seem absurd.
2: I think we should write about one day. Something's
1: not right. Do
3: you
2: yeah. know, I've got a friend who loves
3: Domino's. Sorry, I just have to say this. Friend who loves Domino's if, from Wellington, and he was like, you've got to go get some Domino's. You've forgotten how good it is. This guy's really into food. He's got uh, Jeremy Taylor. He, he, he writes about food as well. Oh, uh, yep. And uh, so I went and got Domino's, and I thought it was terrible. And I told him I thought it was terrible. And he was like, Oh, yeah, but the Domino's is better in Wellington. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Even the Domino's. A classic Wellington. But I think we should write about one day the, the, late, the late 90s, worldwide. early yeah. 2000s pizza wars when there was yes. like Eagle Boys, Eagle Pizza Boys. Haven, Pizza Hut, Domino's. Like it was yeah. just the market Huge. was flooded. Eagle mm. Boys, lol. Amazing. Sophie?
1: That's awesome. Um, What you got? Okay, recently I was in um, Brisbane and I was cooking lunch for some gal pals. And two things I noticed that they didn't know was if you're making a salad that has potato in it, so I was making a nice salad, make sure that you dress the potatoes while they're still hot so that they absorb all the dressing. Mm. Um, They kept on saying, why does this taste so amazing? I was like... I wasn't actually that convinced that it did, but I think that it's because the potatoes themselves were very flavorful. Yeah. Um, and the other one is that if you need to, you can make a... I was trying to make a Zog slash salsa verde type thing to put with salmon, yeah. and my friend didn't have any form of electric mixer, whether it was a <sighs> stick mix or a mini blender or anything, and I really wanted to blitz the oil with it. Anyway, I just chopped and chopped and chopped. She didn't even have a mortar and pestle, and... Smushed all the chilies, smushed all the coriander and it was absolutely delicious. So don't yeah. be discouraged. You can just smush a lot of shit together and it's still quite yum. Yeah, well the oil, What uh, the reason I the think oil, it was yeah. like kind of successful is that the oil and the chilies, the oil was infused by yeah. the ingredients, which is really all that matters. It doesn't need yeah. to go bright green.
0: Yeah, Yum. Uh, my tip is from what I learned at the All Taste No Waste Dinner as part of Visa Wellington on a Plate, which was Calder Haynes, the aforementioned chef from Rita. Um, and it was a fundraiser for Kibosh, So it was all about, which is a food rescue organisation, so it was all about uh, using things that would otherwise be wasted. And she used carrot tops in a broth, which was delicious. And on the spin-off, we've recently had a recipe for carrot top pesto, so my tip is to use, buy those lovely bunches, bunches of baby carrots with the green tops. Don't bloody throw away the tops. Blend them up. Turn them into some sort of delicious pesto Comfort. or broth. Nice the, the, the
2: tips are useful across a lot of vegetables. I love when I have to thin out my radishes. Yeah, got to use the Taking the radish eh? tips and mm. garnishing stuff of them. Yep. Some,
3: some things are poisonous, though, right? But, you know, test it Yeah. Mm. I think potato... Leaves
2: are oh,
0: not yeah. good, and lilies. Well, no one's going to try to eat lily leaves.
2: You got to be careful with the, uh, cats and dogs of lilies. Oh,
0: okay. I think beetroot leaves. Is, isn't there some sort of no? Song? They're delicious. No, they're
3: they're good. Good. beetroot leaves
2: are good. Well, What's um, one you can't?
3: Uh, rhubarb. Rhubarb leaves. Ooh. Totally That's poisonous. Right. Oh, okay, rhubarb leaves. Not, like I'm willing in. to risk. It. But I'm, yeah. I'm kind of making that up. Oh, that's my phone piped in, son. and that call. Cool.
0: <laughs> You've got to answer it on air.
2: No, we're not.
0: Come on. Hey, should we um
3: drink now. this to Atara hazy? Yeah, because I, I feel
2: bit bad that I sort of just yeah, out earlier. You should talk uh, a, a, a brand that had flown Alice all the way to Wellington.
3: I know.
1: I know for absolutely no mean? return. The thing <laughs> I was going to
3: try and talk about was it's how coming. many Don't products worry, do DB. come out of Wellington. Yeah. Which we're sort of running out of time to do, but you know, like I think Whitaker's chocolate. It's yeah, an incredible I mean, Wellington product. I didn't know
1: that Huge. until our email chain. Right, Yeah. Fucking classic Auckland. just...
3: Griffin's biscuits.
1: Are they? Are they? They?
0: they? Well, they, at
3: least they used to be.
1: I thought the Griffin's factory was in, like, East Tamaki or something.
0: Do you know
3: what? There's
2: probably more than one Griffin's factory in New right. Zealand.
0: She's like, oh, I, I drove past a Griffin's factory once.
2: So my cooking tip is actually an eating tip, and it was taught to me by, by Nancy Silverton, uh, my friend, uh, <laughs> Nancy Silverton.
3: <laughs> my and friend,
2: it's a, it's actually an Italian concept called fare la scapetta, and you can just think about as scapetta, which is always save a little nugget of bread to mop up your sauce at the very end true. of each mm. dish, and it's mm. a it's a very Amen. Beautiful Italian custom to have your scapet. Yeah, I didn't know that had to, to swipe up the uh, the. Remnants. I love how the
1: Italians do anything and it becomes beautiful. Like I'm thinking yep. of my hall of residence in Dunedin, where people had like stacks of white bread yep. and they're putting everything in it. But when Nancy does it,
2: Well, oh yeah. it wasn't a White bread. It was Leeds Street Bakery sourdough soaked in olive oil and garlic and then fried. Enzo from Scoper and
3: 1154 and. The Breslin. He it, told me they're about both that. in Wellington. They're all Wellington things. So he told to me about that icon. And then at eleven fifty-four, they do this garlic bread that I truly love. Yeah. I just absolutely and love really it. And they like the buns, the get? bun things. Oh my god, they're so good. They're so good. And then Eat Let Food totally dissed them out. What? In his Albert. review of eleven fifty-four. I did not see the, that. The garlic scrolls. Oh. Yeah, they're just oh, they're just magical. They're for they're totally
2: for that. You know, mm. eleven fifty-four is
1: like the concept. That's been in my head that I've just desperately wanted someone to do for ages.
2: Oh, no, don't don't talk about it. I'm actually, so I'm, I'm going to do it.
1: Okay, Simon. I'm
2: going to do it in Auckland. I'm going to open a pasta Do you door. think no one in Auckland's heard of it yet? Yeah. No, but <laughs> no one's thought about doing it until Sophie brought don't it up. <laughs> no, no, Resilience I've been talking about, be about it for years. And your friend
1: Stefania is kind of doing it.
2: No, no it's so, it's no, so different. Like, so yeah. different.
1: Okay, all right. It's, it's quick, twi-
2: yeah. uh, Pasta kore is twice the price, you know. Hmm. So where is the last place? We've, we've told people how to cook. Now let's tell them where to eat. Where's the last great meal you've had?
0: Uh, do we want to start with me? Go or, on. Well, that's just going to be the same. The uh, all taste, no waste dinner.
2: So this waste food was actually delicious.
0: Who cooked it? It was, oh, it was so her Former owner of Nico. Oh,
1: right. Sorry, you did
0: just say that. Chef of Rita. My former boss. Okay. Quite scary to work for. Right. She's intense. She's intense. She's great.
3: I've only ever known her socially. It's, I'd consider her a friend. Yeah. And I do, I still find her a bit scary. Yeah, totally. But she took she gave me such good advice when I went to San Francisco.
0: Oh, yeah. She she and Paul both know San Fran very well.
3: Yeah. They both gave me lists
2: and they were like... What was the highlight so, of the meal? Life-changing. The
0: highlight of the meal was... Man, it was all good. The, we had snapper wing yeah, served on radish. And then we had this thing called... A tick bean leaf, which is like a broad bean, the leaf of the tick bean tempura, with like this yummy kind of aquafaba dippy thing. Mm. Real good. It was all fucking good. The oh, the dessert was a kiwi fruit sherbet bomb, made with kiwi fruit that was too soft, and she got some beer from Garage Project that had gone bad. That they had to chuck out a whole batch from the Wild Workshop, turned it into a vinegar, and used that in like a syrup on this kiwi fruit sherbet bomb. It was amazing. Awesome. You so you're it up in my because story.
2: you have to go.
1: Um, speaking of uh, Eat Lit Food, mm. um, my sister and I took Albert to Ponsonby Road Bistro because he calls himself a foodie and he's never been there, um, which is a, a an old favourite. And my lord, the food that evening was just really, mm, really delicious. There. We had... Um, And don't judge me because I'm pregnant. Venison (laughs) carpaccio and um, chicken liver pate. And they had these beautiful lamb polpetti, like Italian meatballs, with um, sitting on lentils and then a whole lot of cheesy, creamy polenta underneath. It was absolutely delicious. Yeah, Mm. and I also had some... um, if anyone's going to Brisbane anytime soon, um, I stayed at the Khalil Hotel for this conference that I attended recently, and they have a Greek restaurant in house called Hellenica. And God, I wish we had more Greek restaurants mm, in sad. Auckland.
3: That's a huge gap in all of New Zealand, really. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. it's it's wonderful tragic, food, isn't it? It's so delicious. Simon,
2: uh, you can leave if you need to. So,
1: thank you.
2: I um would like to talk about hia kai. I ate by myself at Monique um, Fiso's restaurant and it was so buzzy. I wish I'd taken some LSD because it was like, <laughs> it was a trip. It was, it was this really weird journey for me through what it was like to be a child in New Zealand. Like it had these nostalgic references to these experiences mm. that I remember from being a young boy.
1: I really loved it too.
2: Oh God. I'm gonna. I need to
1: go.
0: I'm gonna
3: go by myself when I move back to Wellington.
1: Yeah, I'll come down and go with you, Sam.
0: Let's
3: do it.
1: Okay. It was so delicious.
2: But that—that—that's something I've actually talked to a a friend about. That it—it wasn't necessarily straight up delicious. It was that food art style of food that is like, whoa. Like where have I gone? Yeah, there's a limit to deliciousness
3: and there are things you can get for $10 that are as delicious as anything you will Mm. get at, you know, the French cafe. That's just... Yeah, like the the, the, the fatty
2: stick on the side of Nancy Silverton's salty lamb, New Zealand lamb chop, that was fucking delicious. Yeah. That was insanely delicious, but it wasn't even the same type of cooking as what Monique was doing.
1: I would argue that um, Monique's food was really delicious. For me, it wasn't too fancy too many textures too much of a right. journey or a challenge
3: I think that the thing is though y- you know I'm assuming it's really delicious but also for it to then be that expensive and that much of a destination it has to be more than just delicious yeah. right it has to be intriguing nice to meet you
0: um, has, you haven't done your last supper no I'll supper.
3: do my, my, last, my last supper
0: that's what we call it mm.
3: you're not dying
2: is it like um, the last one you've had rather than the so last, one last one i are to
3: be crucified? I heard Jay Rayner on the uh, um, off menu podcast yesterday talking about his Last Supper book. And the off menu podcast is all about picking your favorite meal. It's too much. It's so meta. Mm. Um, but anyway, the recent thing that I ate that was really good was Madame George, where I went there maybe a year ago and it was n- not great. It was quite shit. It wasn't like gross it was just like this is so underwhelming yeah. and boring and then we went there because um everywhere everywhere was full we couldn't get a table we had no reservation it was like saturday night seven o'clock we we're trying to eat on k road and then i was like let's go to madam george i just i heard that recently it's been great and so we went there i was quite trepidatious our waiter was fantastic like he was awesome and i i feel like i've had heaps of quite terrible, awkward service lately, and to have someone who's super comfortable is great. Makes
0: such a difference.
3: And then they brought out this little amuse-bush. Boosh. Amuse-bush. bush Little amuse bouche, And it was gross. It was shit. Oh, no. Like, it was a disaster. <laughs> Chewy, weird... Um, <laughs> no, I can't even remember the name of the thing that it is. That's uh, what I'm like today. Chewy risotto, weird thing. Risotto ball... Arancini. Arancini. Thank you very much. It was like arancini that was just a terrible texture on I the know. smoky sauce that was gross. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be a nightmare. Uh, but by that stage, we were in. We had to do it. And then every other dish that came was totally fantastic, just as delicious as food can be. There was this chicken dish that was just beautiful, beautiful eggplant. Just thing, dish after dish that was just like totally knocked it out of the park and by the end of the the meal I was like okay I'm completely convinced this place has found its kind of voice and is now a really excellent restaurant.
0: Yeah. That's good.
2: Good mm. on you, Madam George. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in Sam. It was really fun. My pleasure. Uh thank you for representing um Wellington.
0: Woo.
3: Woo. I Woo.
2: like I like Food all around
3: New Zealand as well. I'm not I, I like, like food it all cool. around the world. How do you feel? But
2: I really, really like Wellington. How do you food?
0: feel about mm. moving back, Sam? you looking forward
3: to it? I'm looking forward to moving back because I will be more rich purely by not living in Auckland. Yeah, true. <laughs> Why are you moving back? Uh, we were just always only ever up here for a couple of years and, you know, got a house and a life down there.
2: Well, I think you can um, put on your Twitter bio now that you're the spin off's Wellington food correspondent. Yeah, I actually, think it'll be good. So I get a stipend just for. Uh, being this is a spin-off we're talking about. Yeah, yeah I'll, um, <laughs> I'll buy your coffee once a month. Yeah, great. Does that yeah, mean that, that you guys can't time. come to Wellington
3: on a plate next year? Or just get, just no, get a little? We're going to move oh, we're, we're the, we're the, the entire out. podcast but you can to still be uh, Wellington. Should we get an Airbnb? I'll tell oh. Jessica that I'm going off on tour. We'll get an Airbnb and we'll just
2: like go to it's like fat camp. We'll just like host parties and shit. We can we can have an event, a live food podcast.
3: That'd be cool With Auckland Norgets. in a flat
2: yes at Wellington on a plate love it I, I, I Visa Wellington on a plate see I know you're out yeah. there Visa yeah we know you're listening Sarah we love you Visa come at me
0: love you Sarah Beth
2: love you Wellington all of you well love you Wellington
0: love you Wellington te whanganui
3: I'm not going to say I love you Wellington because it, it, Wellington knows that I love uh, it and yeah. we haven't got that kind of relationship
2: I whereas I left it's it and now
0: I feel a bit guilty well
2: anyway. we're going back next year See you soon, Wellington.
0: Bye, Wellington. Love you. Thanks, Tina.
2: Love you too, Tina.
0: Love you, Tina.
2: Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tāmaki Makoto. Jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today.
0: Ta for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spinoff. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a spin-off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.